0: To Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And today is our monthly series called Closing Time with Chris Lincel from theClose.com. Now, this is a partnership between Keeping It Real and The Close. And let me tell you about The Close if you are new to our show or haven't ever visited their website before. TheClose.com is the kind of real estate website designed to give agents, teams, and brokerages actionable strategic insight from industry professionals. They cover real estate marketing, lead generation, technology, and team building strategies from the perspective of working agents and brokers who want to take their business to the next level. Please visit theclose.com. That's T-H-E-C-L-O-S-E.com and subscribe to their newsletter uh, so that you can get notified each time they publish an article. And with us as always is Chris lincell He is a staff writer and real estate coach for The Close. Uh, Chris, Chris is The closest resident expert on real estate topics ranging from marketing, lead gen, transactional best practices, and everything in between. He's a licensed agent in the state of Michigan, and Chris has been part of hundreds of real estate transactions from modest rural starter homes to massive waterside compounds. When he isn't writing, you'll find Chris fly fishing and Trout season, Chris told me, is just around the corner, so he's very excited. <laughs> Almost there. Uh, and Chris also performs on the stage of his, of his community theater's produ- local productions. Um, and Chris, welcome once again to Keeping It Real. Uh, we're so excited. I have such a renaissance man on the show.
1: <laughs> Thanks, DJ. Glad to be with you. Really glad to be back uh, chatting about all things real estate.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. We're, we're excited. Chris and I were talking just before we got on, and we were sort of saying like okay what should we cover um you know what what are we hearing out there in the field chris does a lot of coaching he's not only a producer himself but he is very tied into the industry through his coaching and also through the close.com and i was telling chris that i'm seeing on a lot of the forums that i participate with 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 agents that there's a lot of talk about okay there's you know working with buyers is, is obviously uh can be be challenging during this time because of course we're at a low interest rate environment so you have more buyers Uh, a bigger pool of buyers to choose from and and now buyers can enter the market and you know with more purchasing power than they had before, which is an awesome thing if there's adequate inventory. And we're seeing in most areas, at least here in Chicago, Chris is in Michigan. Um, but we're seeing in most markets that I'm aware of that there is a shortage of inventory. So of course, there's just huge competition. And a lot of the top producers I am talking to from all over the country are saying, oh my gosh, it's so hard to work with buyers now because everything just gets outbid. Um, pretty much instantly our own managing broker just yesterday put a home on the market and within 15 minutes he had at least one showing. I think he had a second showing even uh, scheduled within 15 minutes. so that's how insane it is. and I know it's being very it's very frustrating for agents who work with buyers and Chris would just love to give your thoughts about what should buyer agents be doing right now to help you know uh, navigate through these these challenging times.
1: Yeah, well, you know, there's there's a handful of things uh, for sure, but I mean, before we get into that, let's just kind of call a spade a spade here. You touched on it a little bit, but I think it's worth even further emphasizing there is a national inventory shortage relative to demand uh, that has, has really become um, it's really become a wave maker when it comes to how uh, real estate transactions are being conducted in the united states you know i'm hearing from folks all over the country uh you know in my own backyard uh, all the way to the to the most uh, extreme markets across the united states that there are simply not enough homes uh, to purchase and it's creating some some uh you know unique behavior amongst buyers and sellers, and it's creating some, some some hiccups uh in the in the traditional transactional process. So um, you know, there's a bunch of things that you can do as a real estate buyer's agent to prepare your buyer, but the very first thing that you need to do is just be uh completely transparent about uh the current market conditions because your buyer is going to hear from other places that it's a seller's market, that there is a there's a shortage of inventory. If they're not hearing that from you, you start your relationship as somebody who is uninformed in your buyer's eyes. And you don't want that. You know, you are a position of authority for these folks. So, you know, we don't want to be doom and gloom. We don't want to be negative about their uh their outlook and their prospects. It is our job to uh, be a shepherd through this process, and that means keeping a positive attitude, even when you might go home and say, you know, uh, this this is never going to work. But uh, to them, uh, you know, that's that's going to be your that's going to be your first your first priority here is in, is engage and educate. Let them know these are the market conditions. This is what we're seeing in our local market uh and and be realistic about this this is gonna give them uh, a feeling like they're on the team it's gonna set expectations uh well so they know you know if i if if they know they have to be in uh, at a timely manner and and pick up the phone when you call um then they're more likely to do that and they're gonna feel like they can be a part of the bigger strategy which is honestly the first step towards success
0: yeah, I was thinking as you were talking, like, and again, i it's easy for me to pontificate on it since I'm not actually out there boots on the ground doing it like all of our listeners and like you are. But I was thinking if, if I were working with buyers right now, and and just thinking about somebody who just bought, I, I just closed out a home not too long ago. Um, and I know just how stressful it was from my perspective, and I'm in the industry, um, mm-hmm. and and how difficult it was, I would be if I was working with buyers, I would, as Chris was saying, I'd have the before I ever went and saw property, I'd have a state of the union sort of address yeah. saying, guys, you know, hey, just to set the proper, as Chris said, expectation, I want you to know just how, how, you know, sort of, you know, uh, sort of, uh, uh, busy the market is right now with buyers and how there is a shortage of available homes for sale so what that means is when we go see a property you might not have as much time as you as you maybe had the last time you purchased a property Mm -hmm. to make a decision and you know you really you know and i would even say we really need to make decisions and and maybe even say you know there's a timeline that i recommend for currently where we're at in the market. And then I would re-emphasize that the moment they're ready to make an offer because that's when they're most excited. They're, you know, they want this property and now they might, they're about, they're possibly about to be very let down. So that's where I would re-emphasize. Hey, remember what I said at the beginning, I wanna, you know, just let you know, we're gonna submit this, I'm gonna stay on top of it, but there may be a a lot of other offers. So just be prepared, you know, and, and I, I think you're right. I think it's all about expectation and just managing the stress of your buyers.
1: Yep. Yeah, totally, totally. So, you know, in these in these scenarios, I often will start by thinking about what are the what are the the potential pitfalls? Uh where are the where are the problems between here and the closing table that my buyer is potentially going to face? And I use those um those pitfalls, those traps as the points that I need to pre-educate my clients on so that we can have a strategy. And I don't say they can have a strategy, so we can have a strategy because they have to be collectively bought in to the team strategy. If you if you're trying to work one strategy and they're trying to work another, um, you know, you're never going to get to the to the end of the line as efficiently as you could if you were working as a team. So so I, I kind of look at the look at the 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 timeline between um, so first, starting off and at the closing table, the first pitfall that that a buyer could could face is how aggressive the timing has to be um, in in this market. When you have a super competitive um, market when it comes to buyers, when a new property hits the market, you have to be ready to jump. When it comes to uh, just putting your feet on the ground in the property, just just getting a showing because more than likely, we're going to see offers pretty quick on this home. And if you're not willing to write an offer sight unseen, and you want to be able to see it, which is a totally reasonable expectation, you got to be ready to to get in there. So, you know, one one strategy I suggest for agents on this is um, give your clients uh, like a text message code that you use. Like, like you know, start the text message. you know sometimes when you look at your phone uh, and you can only see like the first line of a text message, establish like the the code like priority Pri- the word priority is the one that I use here. If I need my clients to pick up and read this entire text right away, I start it with all caps priority. Hey, there's a there's a house that just hit the market. you know, I know it's a Wednesday at uh, 11 a.m but if you can come see this this afternoon after work this is your best chance at uh, at getting an, an opportunity at it otherwise you know if they're not read in on that timing you know it's likely like you said th- there's going to be some heartbreak because they didn't even get to see what could have been their dream home
0: it's such a good suggestion. So, so Chris su- suggesting create, and I also think there's kind of a fun element to that as well. Right. Um, there's some, there's something that's kind of just sort of fun about it. And, and so Chris is saying, come up with a code word and, and say, Hey, if you ever see a text from me with the word priority or, or red alert or, or what, well, red alert sounds kind of negative, but whatever you want to choose. And you can almost even come up with a fun word with, with your clients say, this is a priority. And then I would also explain to them that here's what happens when a home gets listed on the MLS. You know, say there's so we we all know there's there's a lot of buyers. You know, they you've already educated your buyer about the mm-hmm. the the state of uh, buyers out there, and say a lot of them are going to be instantly emailed the moment this goes on the MLS. Most MLS's have this functionality because brokers are putting all their buyer clients on you know these automated searches, which you know based on different variables are going to just instantly pump out those emails directly to the client. So you could say it's not only that all the realtors know about this property that's on the market. Market, uh, yeah. That just went on, but probably lots of uh, buyers as well, or maybe those buyers have Zillow uh, alerts set up on their own, yeah. and they're going to get notified, you know, within that same time frame. So it's it's so important, like as Chris was saying, to have a, a prioritized communication channel between you and your client. Um, and and you could get really creative like that, uh, you know, choosing a code word or even do it in a different way. But um, that's really, really important. So it's speed to lead is, is usually we think about speed to lead with, you know, hey, if a buyer contacts you or a seller contacts you, making sure you reach them back, of course, you have to do that too. But now speed to lead is about scheduling showings um, yep. and and getting people in to see properties. Because yep. if you wait a day or two, it might be too late
1: Yep. And actually that, that kind of brings me to my next point, which is don't rely on Zillow. And I'm not, I'm not down. I'm not, I'm not trashing Zillow here. I actually think Zillow provides a ton of value if it's used correctly, but don't let your clients and quite frankly, agents, don't you be reliant on Zillow for updates here, because yeah. here's the truth. Here's the truth. Zillow is, they syndicate their listings via your MLS and there are some MLSs that have a rapid response syndication, which means you know Zillow is being updated every 15 minutes or mm-hmm. every 30 or every 60 minutes. There are some MLSs whose syndication is closer to 24 hours. And there are plenty of uh, reasons why that syndication process may slow down that that seem completely unrelated to market conditions so if you've got a buyer who said don't worry about uh uh, sending me listings i've got alerts set up on zillow you may be literally a day behind the rest of the market so don't let your clients rely on those sorts of sources as an mls member you can get literally instantaneous alerts um, via their in-house system. So get get plugged into that and don't rely on these third-party systems. You want to get as close to the source as possible here.
0: Yeah, and sometimes the API feeds that Zillow pulls from, from all of the MLSs are are broken or down or... Oh, no. Inaccurate and and um you know believe me Zillow does not ever want to publish anything inaccurate, but it happens. Um, and it just you know it happens due to you know a failure on on you know any of any of the different ends. But yeah, it's it's a really great point. Um, so just you know make sure your clients know that you have to have some sort of priority communication structure mm-hmm. so that it's different than like, hey, every day you're gonna get an email from the MLS with the new listings, and that's our daily email. But if you get in text messages, message from me with a red alert or whatever on it, yeah. please, please see, you know, prioritize that. Yeah. Um, so I think totally. that's a great, great. And totally. also agents, you should be thinking about, you know, how do I notify my clients in real time? You know, yeah. am I only t- sending a text message? Am I also coupling that with an email, uh, maybe even a voicemail? Um, you know, what am I doing? You know, because it's really your job to make sure the client knows uh, and and you should ask the client. hey. Mm-hmm. How, what's the fastest way i can reach you is it a text message is it yeah. a phone call so you want to make sure you know because right now speed is just so so important
1: yeah yeah so okay so that actually leads to my next point like I'm, i think think through those pitfalls the second pitfall for me is speed to offer or speed to paperwork it depends on how how exactly you want to think about this but right now just by virtue of competition as markets heat up, as it becomes a deeper seller's market and more competition amongst buyers, that means that offers become more competitive. And by extension there, more competitive offers happen more quickly and tend to be more aggressive. Now there's lots of reasons or lots of ways you can be aggressive with an offer, but in today's market, in in April, 2021, you may have, literally hours or even minutes if you want to be the first one in with an offer on a a high value property. Uh, Three years ago, if you were looking at at April, 2018, you could have days or even a week and still be the first person in with an offer. That's just not the case right now. So um, buyer's agents should be preparing their clients to say, when you find something that you like, it's time to write on it. The time that, that you got to sleep on uh, that your decision, you can still have that time, but you need to have that time as a function of, say, your inspection contingency window, right. um, rather than uh, the time prior to making your first offer. Because those who cannot pull the trigger on their first offer often are not going to be the ones that are going to get the property under contract in the first place. I
0: just did an interview with a realtor who said one of her secrets, and she said it's so funny to even call this a secret because she's like, it's not a secret, but I am shocked at how many agents don't do this. Is She said, whenever I'm working with a buyer, she says, I bring a contract with me Every single showing mm. I go to, yeah, and it's already pre-filled. It's uh-huh. she's like, I already have it all done. And if I'm going to see ten places, I have ten different contracts already mm. filled. And I guess she she must still use paper, um, but obviously, if you're using an electronic signature service like DocuSign, Dot Loop, etc., mm. um, you know, you can even even possibly do it faster that way. But but yeah, it's just having the expectation and telling the client, as Chris was saying that. You know, we really do want to make a decision pretty quickly based on the market conditions. And yeah. if you are going there, have everything with you so that they can sign it. If you need a wet signature yeah. or if a dot loop, make sure your phone is fully charged. And you're, yeah. in fact, I would even we use dot loop at our company. You can actually create a loop in advance. You could create a loop um, for, for every one of your showings if you wanted to, mm-hmm. and then have everything preloaded. It'll only probably take you 10 minutes to do that. And yeah. then, you know, you could, you could pull it up and do it.
1: hundred percent. And, you know, for, for uh, agents that are looking for a power up here, um, I suggest because Loop, both Dotloop uh, and DocuSign are um, uh, technology tools that are very easily uh, uh, handed off to virtual assistants. Yeah. If you've got, say, a, sh- a day with 10 showings in it, and maybe you've got a virtual assistant working with you, Send the, uh, send the task of creating a loop for each of those showings or, or contracts for each of those uh, showings. Send mm-hmm. that over to your virtual assistant. This is the sort of work that they are literally trained to do quickly and efficiently. What might take you 90 minutes uh, to, to do a, a whole swath of things and get them all organized and, and collated in the right place, it's going to take your virtual assistant fifteen minutes to do, yeah. and then um, you can spend your time focusing on your clients rather than on the paperwork. Um, but that actually is the the other part of this for me too. Is I take uh, I, I make a specific point when I've got a situation where buyers need to be thoughtful about being aggressive. The the first thing that I say to them when I see them the day of the showing is today could be the day we're writing an offer. Are you guys excited? I love that. put it in their mind. I don't say, well, today's going to be a great day to learn about what's important to you in in Mm -hmm. your home buying process. That day is gone. That day was yesterday. That day was, you were supposed to have that day in your living room when I sent you that checklist that you're supposed to fill out with the things that are important. Today is the day we write an offer. And I put that right in their minds. The first thing that I say to them, and I try to remind them on a regular basis, guys, we, we could be, we could be one door away from finding your dream house and writing the offer and you know believe it or not that sort of like you know pseudo psychology uh, you know s- subconscious approach that works that gets people pumped up about the process and often the cold feet that hold people back from making that aggressive move those feet can be warmed up with just a little bit of psychological encouragement
0: yeah, if you want to learn more about that phenomenon, I believe it's called priming. So if you Google uh psychological priming, um, where that's exactly what Chris is, is talking about. We're priming the pump, so to speak, letting the buyer know, oh, that's right. Today might be the day I put an offer in. Um, and and it and it's it's again, it's an exciting thing for most people, and it does it gets them in the right mindset that they could actually make a decision to put an offer in today. And Chris is basically saying that is possible. And kind of expected as well but he's not exclusively saying expected yeah. he's just suggesting that and and I'll just throw in this this real quick tip only because we wouldn't probably think to say this, and I'm sure every one of our listeners does not need this tip. But just in case, never, ever, ever, if you're if you're dealing with somebody who's who's financing a property, never, ever, ever go out without that that you know th- that letter, um, you know oh, the pre-approval yeah. letter. It, it just you, you t- this is not the time in the market to just say, well, we'll get the pre-approval letter after we find the property. Mm-hmm. Get that done of well before uh yeah. you ever take somebody out because the time is is that you're going to just lose the deal
1: 100%. Right now especially financing um you know there are so many markets where um where mortgaged uh, offers are are in such a disadvantage because cash is king right now. And so if you are working with a buyer who is borrowing money which to be totally clear, this is not a dirty word. Mortgage is not a dirty word here. The vast majority of, I mean the overwhelming majority of home purchasers are utilizing uh, uh, like a mortgage instrument to to make their purchase. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if you are working with somebody who is, who is borrowing money, you are doing your clients a disservice by not making sure that they are 110% prepared pull the trigger on an offer because there is there's just no way i mean i know i know listing agents right now who would who would give the offer to their clients because they are obligated to do so right but would do it with this message this person isn't pre-approved this isn't a serious offer i have to give this to you legally but you should not consider this yeah so offers are actually kind of the next pitfall that buyers need to think about. Now, everyone gets nervous about offers right now because we're hearing these crazy stories, right? About uh, properties, you know, selling for 50, 60, $70,000 over asking price. Or if you're in major Metro markets uh, with really high price points, I mean, there are, there are stories right now of of uh, in New York and Los Angeles and, uh, and Phoenix and Miami of properties going for seven figures over asking price. <laughs> um, and you know that nobody can buy things with mortgages. You have to use cash and all these crazy things. So this is something we talk about with our buyers right now, is that the prices that we're seeing are very aggressive. And this all comes from this idea of market velocity. Now, if you don't know what market velocity is, it's this is pretty easy. It's just the speed of the market. It's that's how fast properties are changing their price. And so, as an example, um, the the prices in April twenty twenty one they're higher than they were in April twenty twenty. We've had we have market velocity, and we are seeing the growth of those prices speed up a little bit. So the velocity is gaining as we're getting higher velocity. It's harder for other elements of our transaction to keep up. And this is why this is a potential pitfall. I'm talking about uh, appraisals. I'm talking about um, uh, about just straight up being pre-approved for enough to be to, to cover the purchase price of the home that you're interested in. There is this trail of, of people behind your offer that all have to kind of line up, and if you you need to as a buyer's agent right now be informing your clients to say look chances are you're going to need to be aggressive with price here there are going to be you know places where this you know we're going to have to jump through some hoops but if we can get aggressive if you can spend what you're comfortable with and be aggressive we still have a good shot at getting this property
0: and I think this is where the pre-approval letter is so important because yeah. what that also primes the, the, the buyer to think, okay, I can afford up to a certain amount. And if you're working with a good lender, they'll have those conversations. And then when you're showing a property, I know psychologically, I never want to pay more than what the list price says for anything in my life, whether it's, you know, a toothpaste or, or obviously a home, it just doesn't feel psychologically satisfying. You know, we, we, nobody walks into a car dealership and says, I'm going to pay, I want to pay that sticker price. We always want to wheel and deal and get a little bit of a discount or a little bit of a, and and that's just maybe maybe you'll get that now, but, but there's a good chance that there's so much competition that you might not. So as Chris was saying, part of that sort of expectation conversation is mm-hmm. saying now we're going to be looking at properties, but just so you know, these homes are typically trading right now at a percentage above list, if that's yep. the case in your market, and yep. you need to have that conversation. So when you see 300,000, um, it's maybe really 320, Twenty uh, or so. So just be prepared. Um, but don't worry, your pre approval letter says we're good. Um, yeah. But you know, because I know that psychologically, I would feel a little goofy about pay, you know, putting an offer for more, um, just because I I saw what the price was. And now we're, you know, we're exceeding that.
1: Yeah, that's true. Now, I, I think, I think it's, it's worth pointing out here, because this, you know, this might not be common knowledge for everybody. I just want to just do a quick level set, on one of the one of the issues that comes with a market like this, which is appraisal gaps. Yes. So an appraisal gap, if this isn't a term that you're familiar with, don't worry. We're all we're all we're all learning this together here. An appraisal gap is when the purchase price that uh, agreed that is agreed on uh, by the buyer and the seller is higher than what the bank's appraiser says the home is worth. And the reason that this is a problem is the bank is using the appraisal value to determine whether or not the property is worth what the price is. And the reason that's important is the bank doesn't want to lend money uh, for a property, uh, lend more uh, money for a property than what it is perceived to be worth. And one of the challenges with a market with high velocity, like we're 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 uh, experiencing right now, is that prices are going up so fast that appraisals can't really keep up with that because appraisals are based on historical data. Right. There are based on there are some current market conditions that are are used in determining an appraised value, but they have to determine an appraised value primarily using historical values, and so. If you are looking at comps that are six, nine, 12 months old, the market may have accelerated beyond those prices already, which is going to create this gap. And and your clients are then left with a dilemma. Let's say the appraisal gap uh, is $50,000. A bank will then say, look, we'll lend on the appraised value, but that $50,000 gap, that's going to be up to you to cover. and unfortunately, this kills a lot of deals because most buyers don't have that sort of spare liquid assets laying around that they can cover. Maybe if it was like $5,000, that's one thing. But regularly, we're talking about gaps in this sort of market that are $15,000, 20, $25,000 plus.
0: Yeah, this is a major... uh i see this this question come up a lot um in some of the forums that i'm in where people are saying oh my gosh i'm now really nervous that this isn't going to appraise out meaning the appraised value isn't going to come within a reasonable ballpark of our contracted uh price and then the deal as chris says can fall apart so i think this is where working with a good lender um, who can have that educational conversation with your clients before going out and, and buying Uh, and putting offers in is really, really helpful. And also understanding, maybe even speaking to the buyers and saying, do you have a cash reserve in Mm -hmm. the event that Mm -hmm. this does not appraise out? Because as Chris is saying, your data that you as the agent has access to is is the MLS, and you can see historical data. And if you're using maybe the last handful of months then maybe that's a reasonable or maybe it isn't reasonable i don't know but Mm -hmm. but that's really all the data you have and and that's where communication is also really important with the other agent the the listing agent and making sure that that you're sort of aware of, of what's going on because what we're seeing is some of these large offers that are way above list price a lot of them tend to be cash only offers because they don't have to worry about appraisals, and they see some sort of future benefit for overpaying or what what we might think is overpaying today, especially in investment properties. It's it, we're seeing almost exclusively those scenarios happening um, across the country. So you're getting a lot of cash buyers who are just willing to outbid you because they don't really have to worry so much about the uh, about the appraisal or really at all, um, yeah. but they know you do. Um, yeah. So. It's it's also a, a tactic for them to to win properties.
1: Yeah. So, and, and let me let me also kind of add in here, um, the appraisal gap in other markets, like in in a non-sellers market, like we're facing right now, is actually can be an advantage for the buyer and not for the seller. And the reason here is. You know the seller has a vested interest in the property closing too. They they want sure. uh, they want to to get their money. They want to move on to the next their next home, whatever their next spot, whatever it is. And so, an appraisal gap is a problem for the seller as much as it is for the buyer. In a balanced market, it's sure. more of a problem in a buyer's market. So one thing that buyers and buyers agents should keep in mind right now is an appraisal gap. Isn't necessarily the end of your transaction. It often is right now, but what you can do here, buyers agents is you can evaluate the market and you can say, um, collectively on behalf of your buyer, you can say, look, we have, we have two parties that want to make this purchase we have offered a certain amount, the bank has determined, and that's the key here. You say the bank, not us, it's some, other, it's some other third party that has determined that this price won't work. What can we do to negotiate this contract so that our price can come down in order to meet the needs of the bank? But you can still feel like you're being fairly compensated for your property. And I'm actually working on some, some content, um, uh, at least in the development stages for the close right now about how you can negotiate contracts beyond just the price. And this is a great place where you can, where you can do that, because if you know that the price can't come above a certain level, there are other things that you can do to negotiate. Like for instance, let's say you're a buyer and and you, um, you know, got that appraisal gap and you say, well, I can't go any higher than this, but... What if we closed on May first, and you could have six weeks of free occupancy in the home uh, after we close? You know, the the typical if you're in a major metro market, six weeks of of occupancy could be uh, you know on the uh, depending on the property. This could be thousands of dollars worth yeah. of rent if you were elsewhere this is if you are a buyer who has some flexibility in their timeline moving forward like let's say you've got a lease that is you know you may still have some time on the lease anyway um you can say yeah that's fine let's let's offer them some extended um some extended uh occupancy let's offer uh a really advantageous um uh inspections window you know like uh, actually i guess if you're doing the appraisal you've already been through the inspections but um Let's offer some other things uh, as a part of this uh, this negotiation, uh, like um, uh, non-refundable earnest money deposits, or some sort of um, uh, some sort of bargaining for um, uh, you know, like like new appliances, or mm-hmm. in in their next home, or something something like that. Like there are there are handfuls of ways that you can kind of juice forward. Uh, your, your uh, negotiating position. And that appraisal gap could be the start of that conversation. So even though it's frustrating and is often uh, the, a real kind of nail in the coffin when it comes to the buyer's position, it doesn't have to be. It can be something you negotiate through.
0: Yeah, boy, you just said so many great things there. And and I think the and I'm very excited to see that article eventually, um, when, when that's completed about some creative ways to negotiate other than price, because there are ways to do that. Chris just gave, you know, a couple that I had, would have never thought of, like, I'm, I'm going to upgrade your appliances in your new place. Uh, I mean, that is a really creative idea. Yeah. And especially if they're, you know, if they're moving, they're likely buying another place. Um, you know, you could say, you know what, I, I can come take a look at your new place, we can take a look to see what it would cost to upgrade your appliances. And we can do that for you. And by the way, you can stay in the old place for a bit longer. And also remembering, usually you don't end up paying your first mortgage payment for four weeks anyway. So you know, yes, we'd all love to live uh, somewhere for a month, essentially rent free, but might as well give that to to the seller if that becomes a negotiation. And if, and in yeah. fact, for them, it, it might help them in giving them more flexibility to move. So those are just a couple of ideas. There's all lots of other ways you can do that too. And I guess the the key is to be. Uh, to be very, very um, uh, flexible and creative, and that's you know, as an agent, that's what you need to be able to do to bring to your to your buyers to uh, sort of you know give you any sort of advantage you can. Because the moment one of those cash offers comes in, you yeah. know that's that's going to be tough to beat. That's just mm-hmm. a tough thing that to be and the other thing too is um I'm curious Chris and this is a, a non-financial negotiation mm-hmm. it's not even a negotiation tactic it's just uh back to prior to um just submitting an offer is I've heard of agents who ask their clients to write a little cover letter about how much they love the home what they like about it mm-hmm. um and and just submit that along with the cover letter uh, it's probably the only one they're going to get if they get multiple offers uh, maybe you could even help write it for your client with their permission and have them sign it and say, hey, I just want to let you know, this is how much my clients love this property. Um, yeah. Submit it with the offer as long as it's authentic um, and, and and genuine um, and heartfelt. Uh, the, a lot of times that, you know, we we make decisions sometimes based on on emotions over, over logic. Um, and they might even take an offer that they feel the home's going to go to someone who really appreciates it more than somebody they don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, that the uh, the the buyer love letter strategy is one that is is out there, and it is uh, honestly, it's pretty effective when you're dealing with uh, single family, uh, you know, single family transactions uh, like consumer to consumer. Where I will say that buyers need to uh, you know temper their expectations with here is honestly, and I I, I don't mean to paint all um, investors or income property owners with the same brush here. But if you are buying your property from somebody who doesn't have uh, an emotional investment in the home itself, like, uh, say, somebody who is selling, uh, you know, a home that they just use as an income property, for right? Instance, those love letters are <laughs> not necessary. Because these folks, honestly, I'm sure I mean, again, don't want to paint them all with the same brush here. But they couldn't care less whether or not you can envision your kids running in the front yard. Right. They only care about whether or not the, the ink at the bottom of the page is red or black. So, right. um, you know, be just kind of temper some expectations on that. Um, and actually, that kind of leads to the last thing the, the last pitfall that I always um, uh, caution buyers to and, and want to get a strategy towards, which is <clears throat> we need to be ready with our end game should everything go forward. And and here's here's what I mean by that. Let's say you put in the offer, you make it through the negotiation process, you get it under contract. Great. You make it through inspections. Maybe there's a, a couple of small things here. One thing that the seller is going to fix other than that, looking good. Fantastic. Make it through appraisal. Hallelujah. We made it. After that, the last big hurdle is to just get to the closing table to get you know, for to allow the title company to do their research and to get all the documents in order, and then to get to that closing table. I am I, like shocked and appalled at how many transactions sit in limbo between post appraisal and the closing table, and how many transactions I hear about that don't that don't get completed even after they've done the hard work. And it is by virtue of clients just being. Um, honestly, just being difficult to deal with. Sure. if you are a buyer client right now, you have no legs to stand on. Don't be persnickety about when you go when you close on the property. Don't be don't, you know, don't put up a big fight about whether it's a virtual closing or a around the table closing. Don't you have, you have no horse in the race here you want to get the keys in your hand here. So, buyers, this is this is I'm I'm telling you buyers agents right now, the message you need to tell communicate to your clients is I've got it from here. All you have to do is sit back, I'll tell you when to be where. Other than that, just let me handle it because The buyer at this point is experiencing a lot of emotion. They are experiencing, uh, they're about to go through one of the biggest moments of their life financially uh, and otherwise, honestly. These are not the kind of people in the kind of state of mind that you want planning the party. You are the professional party planner here. You handle all the details. Don't let the the client talk to the title company. You talk to the title company. Don't let the client schedule the final walkthrough with the uh, seller's agent. You schedule the final walkthrough. You've got to be the captain of the ship to get it across the finish line. Otherwise, you end up like that ship in the Suez Canal, where you're just jammed in there and nobody's doing anything.
0: <laughs> well, thankfully, that that ship, I believe, has been completely dislodged. Yeah. But uh, we, we, you know, if we were following the news, we know how that really uh, to just to go off Chris's example there really was a major problem for trade and commerce and Dude. and just and transportation. Uh, and logistics in, uh, for the entire world really sort of in, in some ways kind of came to a standstill for a few days, that's mm-hmm. the same thing that can happen. And not only it's worse than that, right, because you can lose a deal or you could just piss off the seller enough to now all of a sudden the seller is like, you know what, I have five other offers and you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll start the process over again just to make my life a little easier because I have so much opportunity. So Chris is right. You really have to be careful that your clients, you know, the same negotiations Strategies they might have used at the last minute um, when buying a property. It's not that you can't do some of that. You just have to be really cognizant of how far you can push uh, the seller because you you just don't want to push a seller too far right now. They just totally. they have too much power.
1: Totally, totally. And it's it is just honestly. I mean, if just kind of like in all seriousness, um, our fiduciary responsibility is to the well-being of our clients and the well-being of your clients um includes getting you across the finish line here you're not negotiating for an extra 50 bucks in rent um you're negotiating for the sale or, or the purchase of the home here so be thoughtful uh about you know setting those priorities and for goodness sake like you be the captain here let your clients let your clients know that this is what you are a professional in this is what you're trained to do here i mean i i, I wouldn't let um you know, if I'm a doctor, I'm not going to let uh, a passionate uh, family member operate on their son or daughter just because they really care about it. Here, I'm going to let the the person who's actually been trained to do it here use the same mentality here.
0: Yeah, you need to really establish yourself as the um, as the knowledge source and. Mm-hmm. And if you handle everything for your client, they will they will they're less likely to seek out their own information. Okay. Not that they shouldn't, but as as the only means of getting across that finish line. You want to be so professional and so knowledgeable that you are like, here are the steps, here's where we're where we're at, here's what happens next, yeah. here's what emotions might ha- come up, here's what pitfalls might come up, and and then they can breathe a, a sigh of relief which, because they're already stressed out, it's a purchase there. They're, it's a major financial purchase for almost everybody for a primary residence, right? This is yeah. a big deal. Even yeah. if it's the fifth time they've bought a home, it's still a huge, huge deal. Yeah. So even though they may have been through it before, uh, those emotions come bubbling up and you know, people typically only move every, what, seven years or so, maybe, yeah. maybe longer. So the reality of it is, is we all forget what it's like every time we do it as a buyer um, and, and also as a seller. So you need to be that expectation setter um, so Chris, this was awesome. Um, what a, what a great jam packed episode. Um, we are such, such big fans of Chris. Um, it, you know, we always promote the clothes.com, which of course we will always continue to do, but Chris, I, I, is there any way else that people can follow your thoughts? Cause you have just a lot of opinions. They're yeah. always well thought out, well-researched, uh-huh. uh, well-informed. What's the best way? I know you, you are on Twitter, um, and, and also Instagram. Do you want to promote any of those as well?
1: Yeah, totally. In fact, I'm really glad you asked. I want you to go to YouTube uh, and check out The Clothes. has a great YouTube channel. Um, We do have other people who contribute to it occasionally, but for the most part, it's just good old me. If you like watching this podcast and seeing my beautiful bearded face, you can get a ton of that over on YouTube. Um, You can find it super easy. Just search The Clothes Real Estate and you'll get it there. We just dropped a video today, actually. Um, all about real estate scams, uh, the most uh, uh, um, persistent and pernicious real estate scams and what you can do to protect your clients from them. So I had a lot of fun making this video. This is a really interesting topic. We have a ton of stuff on there, including long form walkthroughs of technology products, uh, reviews of CRMs, uh, all sorts of stuff. Uh, So check it out uh, over on YouTube, uh, TheClose.com. We're everywhere, baby. You got to start following us there too. Yeah,
0: I just I just hit the subscribe button. So if you go to YouTube, you just do a search for the clothes, you'll see their channel. It's their their logo is is a red uh, background with a white C that's that's uh, slightly uh, italicized. Yeah. And um, Chris has got tons of great videos here. And so everyone needs to subscribe. You can also get to um, the YouTube channel from the clothes.com. Yeah. But yeah, subscribe and uh, and, and walk, uh, watch some of these great videos and pay attention to Chris. And then Chris, is there anywhere else where people should follow you?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm, I'm there, uh, Lincel Chris, uh, but you can just search my name, Chris Lincel, on there. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, those are the places that I'm probably most active. Uh, but also, you know, I, I love engaging with our Facebook audience on the Closes um, Facebook group. We have a, a group called the Close Real Estate Agents Mastermind Group. It's free to join. We've got thousands of people in there now. Conversations are really lively. They're ranging from all different topics including like operational get it done today sort of things uh, all the way up to like kind of bigger conversations about the real estate industry in general. So if you're looking for uh, an outlet on Facebook, uh, I love being active in there too. Um, And uh, yeah, you know, there's just unlimited potential to hear my thoughts on things.
0: (laughs) Well, we're grateful to have one of those channels uh, sure. to dedicate to your voice because it's an important voice. It's a knowledgeable voice, and and I know our audience appreciates it. so we're gonna we're gonna say goodbye um, to Chris, uh, but we will see him again next month. We'll also say uh, thank you to all of our listeners and viewers. We so much appreciate your dedication to our show. We love the feedback we get from you, and we are um, just eternally grateful for you sharing the message of this podcast with other agents. So please tell a friend think of one other agent and send them a link to our show or just have them pull up a podcast app and do a search for keeping it real either way um they can find us pretty easy and turn turn them on to the show help them become successful uh we'll continue to help you become successful so chris thank you so much and we'll see you next time
1: thanks dj can't wait